Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I was just trying to keep my son from going over the edge. He's, you know how with a baby, they're right on the edge? Oh, there he is. He's over the edge right there. So... Good, amazing. Hey, thank you so much for coming out today. Uh, And for those who are online with us, we just want to say a big welcome to you as well. And podcast listeners, you're part of our family today. And you're here in the flesh. So today's going to be an amazing service. It already has been. Um, I'm looking forward to the Christmas Day setup slash hampers slash make the place amazing. And we're doing it on a Sunday. This is the first time that I can remember ever doing it on a Sunday um, because I figured it's a family moment. And so let's have church, let's worship the Lord together and then we'll do a shortened service, an hour service, then we'll just go out and jump on a team, get this place beautified and then feed you all sausages and onions and salad and whatever else. Does that sound good? So that Sunday, don't stay home. Come out and be a part of the moment. And bring your family, bring your kids, bring this. We'll make it a big family moment, create some memories. And it's Christmas, so everyone gets happy around Christmas, which is great. All right, I'm going to try, and I didn't do a a joke last week. Do you want a joke this week? Okay, I'll try to give you something a bit light. Um, I apologise in advance if it's not funny. One night, a lady came home from her weekly prayer meeting and she found she was being robbed and she shouted, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptised and your sins will be forgiven. The robber quickly gave up and the lady rang the police while handcuffing the criminal. A policeman said, gee mate, you gave up pretty easily. How come you gave up so quickly? The robber said, she said she had an axe in 2.38. (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hey, let's pray and let's just continue just to worship the Lord while receiving the word of God. Yeah. Father, we thank you so much for your presence and we thank you for your goodness. Yeah. We thank you that you are in control and that you go before us, that your favor covers us. Yeah. And today, Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we say we acknowledge your presence. Touch the hearts of people. Open up our ears, Lord. Open up our eyes. May we see what you want us to see. And raise up a fire in this church that will touch this city, that will touch this state, that will touch this nation. We look to you and we say, Lord Jesus, be the head of this church. We honor you in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thanks, Alicia Keys. Great. The last five weeks we've been speaking about the series on how to hear the voice of God. Who's found it helpful? I found it helpful. How to hear the voice of God. And last week we spoke about living a prophetic life or creating a prophetic culture. I told you this week I'm going to bring part two to that. And um, I've had some great feedback from part one. uh, Speaking about how to be a prophetic people. In 2 Peter, I'm just going to just recap for you and then we'll get into today's today's message. But 2 Peter 1.21 says, 
For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, 16, it says, In the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. I will pour out my spirit on my servants and they shall prophesy. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. The prophetic has to always be grounded in love. A true prophetic person is fueled by love. And this message, last week's message, is a powerful message for our church because we are a prophetic church. Uh, Whenever Charlie gets up here or I get up here, if you have ears to hear, you'll hear a prophetic message. We don't just speak to where we're at today, we speak to what God has for us tomorrow. And that's because there is a picture God has placed in our spirit when it comes to who our church is called to be, not just for today, but for the seasons to come. A true prophecy is motivated by love, whereas a false prophecy is motivated by manipulation. So the question is this, what is prophecy? And the most basic definition I could come up with is this. The prophetic is sharing God's heart with somebody else. Can you be prophetic? Well, can you capture God's heart for somebody and speak that out? The prophetic is about calling out God's identity in people. It's easy to speak to someone's situation today. It takes a prophetic person to speak about who God's called them to be. (laughs) And I think in the past, the church... The church can be a place where we call out what's happening right now, but we forget to call out what God wants to do tomorrow. I'm thankful that when God speaks over me, he speaks to my current, but he also speaks to my future. (laughs) He's thankful for that. The prophetic is about drawing out the God destiny in people. It's about seeing people the way God sees them. Are we good at seeing people the way God sees them? It's easier to see people the way that we all see each other. I can look at Josh this morning. I can see his weird mullet. I can see his beard. I can see his stripy pants. It's easy for me to call out what he looks like right now, but it takes a gift from the Holy Spirit to be able to speak about who he's going to be tomorrow. Therefore, encouragement and the prophetic must go hand in hand. Why are we such an encouraging church? Because we are a prophetic church. (laughs) Now, we base this on 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. And again, I'm recapping, so I'm just going to give it to you. You can podcast last week's message if you want. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, For the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. For the one who prophesies speaks for the hearers, what was it? Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And then we added on 
according to Ezekiel 37.4, where he says, prophesy to these dead bones that it must also bring life. So a true prophetic person isn't someone who's so mystical and so out there and so thus saith the Lord that no one knows what they're talking about. The reality is this, a prophetic person is someone who knows how to strengthen, encourage, comfort, and bring life. And for too long, we've had prophetic people, and I'm speaking to prophetic people because I am a prophetic person. I have prophetic dreams. I have prophetic discernment. I wake up at two in the morning sometimes with you on my spirit. Happens regularly in the holiday household. And it's not for any other reason but God is trying to give an insight into something he wants us to see. But in that, I have to remember that as I move in the prophetic... I have to always undermine or undergird it with strengthening, yeah. encouragement, comfort, and life. We have too many prophets who base their prophetic gift on the Old Testament prophets. And I'm going to put it out there and say there is a 99.9% chance you are not a Jeremiah. How about unless your name's Jeremiah? You know what you are? You're a Christian. I'm going to say it again. Don't be distracted. You're a Christian. You're a Christian. You're a Christian who knows how to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What about the office of the prophet? Well, the office of a prophet is to raise up prophets who knows how to, know how to prophesy. What are we doing right now? Raising up people who know how to prophesy. Yeah? And we can get into the whole thing of where do the prophets fit in the New Testament church? I'm I'm not going to get into that today. There is a place for that office. I 100% agree with that. But today I want to come around what Paul is speaking about here, or the writer is speaking about, about I pray or I want you all to prophesy, and here is the reason for the encouragement, strengthening, comfort, and to bring life. Remember, and I can speak out of my experience, growing up in church, I... Some of the most weird people I've ever met in a bad way were prophets, weirdos. And weirdos aren't bad. Weirdos can be good if they're led by the Spirit but know how to love. Don't tell me you're a prophet if you don't know how to love. True prophecy, look at context. This scripture in 1 Corinthians is around the scripture of 1 Corinthians 13. The gifts of the Spirit have to be entrenched in love. Hopefully I'm just helping some mindsets here. Because growing up, the more mystical you were, the more prophetic you were. And I've realized that some of the most prophetic people I've ever met know how to speak normally, yet still be extremely accurate. Now, I just want to speak to the prophetic people in the room. I get it when you feel lonely. I get when you feel isolated. The reason why we, and I'm putting me in this boat, you feel like that is often because you're on a different plane. (laughs) You're discerning things that most aren't discerning. You're seeing things that most don't see, and that's the prophetic gift on you. But don't let it isolate you. If anything, let it empower you to connect in community better. 
A prophetic person often feels alone and sometimes they are alone. Sometimes they are at that dinner party and they're sensing something that no one else can sense. Any prophetic people have been there, that type of thing, I've been there and you're like, this is just messing my night up right now. I am sensing something in the atmosphere. I'm perceiving something. I'm discerning something. And most people are just enjoying their pork belly and chips or whatever they're eating. And you're trying to work out, God, what are you doing in the spirit? But I want to say this, that you can be prophetic, but also be normal. I'll go so far as to say this, be naturally supernatural. Understand that you can still speak to someone about the wallabies beating the All Blacks last night. Yeah, thank you, Paul. And in the same sentence, speak a life-changing prophetic word. We touched on the thing in this statement. It's important that we prophesy from a strong identity, not for a strong identity. And the prophetic comes from intimacy and learning the voice of God. I've had people, I meet them, hey, how you going? Hey, how you going? I'm a prophet. How you going? I'm a prophet. You're weird. (laughs) How are you going? You're good. You're a human. You're a son. You're a daughter. You have a gifting. Never take the gifting of the Lord as your identity. Samson was strong, but his identity wasn't that he was strong. It was that he was his gift. We have to make sure that our identity is founded in sonship. It's founded in who we are as family. And then through that, we can flow in the giftings of God in Jesus' name. What does the prophetic look like? Often prophetic people use their mysticism to cover their lack of character. Not being accountable, issues with authority, not being punctual, not being a good example to others, carrying judgment, not being in community. This is because they have an elevated view of self because God told me in quotation marks, whereas a mature prophetic person understands that their role is to strengthen the church through humility and through the message of the example they live. Can I hear an amen? Amen. (laughs) This is good preaching. I I think this is a great message on prophetic. Uh, I think it's great. When I was uh, in year eight, my dad took me to a meeting up in Wollongong. And growing up, um, you know, some fathers and sons bond over maybe sport or a hobby. My dad and I bonded over revival. And he would literally say, hey, there's a revival meeting in Sydney this Wednesday night. It's a school night, but it's okay. Do you want to go and check it out? And we would spend time in the car chatting, we'd spend time in these meetings, getting massive touches from God. And God's favour was upon me. And every, it's like, you know, some people in prophetic meetings have the prophecy outfits They wear the brightest shirts so that the prophet sees them. Anyone been guilty of that? I know Nat's guilty of that, 100%. (laughs) It's like, please, please prophesy for me. The guys, shoes of people in the room, please, I'm over here, I'm over here. 
if I say amen louder, they might look at me. <laughs> okay, so if you know me, like really know me, you know that I'm actually quite a shy person. Now, times that by 10 when I was a teenager. And so I'd sit there in the, in the room, never wanting to be picked out, but in nearly every meeting, God would pick me out. And the prophet or the, the preacher would say, you young man, you 13-year-old, and he would prophesy, he would speak God. He would, and at this one meeting, um, and I, to the point where I would just pack my pockets full of tears every time I go to a meeting. T- tissues. <laughs> Not tears. Thank you. <laughs> I wash my hands. Because I just knew God would line me up. He would line me up. And it was amazing. And it helped to start a fire in my heart. And I was at one meeting and there was a guy and he was an apostle in, in, at that time. Someone who you know, was really doing great things for God. And he said, oh, I want to see you and your dad after service. This is why I was preaching. And he came and he sat with us after service. And he started prophesying over me. Started speaking about high schools, speaking about revival in schools and the fire of God consuming my heart and consuming other students. And I was in year eight, and it started something in my spirit. And 12 months later, we had this amazing revival in our school. We had dozens and dozens of students give their lives to Jesus, and we had just this amazing touch from God in our schools and this prophetic word by this person calling out the identity of God, the anointing of God to an insecure 13-year-old pimple-faced kid who wasn't looking at the outward appearance but was looking at the heart. Brought breakthrough to my heart. Brought an anointing to my heart because someone chose to speak out the reality of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Why is our church so encouraging? Because our church is so prophetic. A church that knows how to encourage each other, encourage a new person, encourage someone they meet in the community with a supernatural edge is a church that will see a city changed. If you can take the risk of being a little bit unusual, maybe getting it wrong sometimes, but getting it right other times, speaking out when God prompts you to that checkout person, the petrol station clerk, the employer, the teacher, the student, and take the risk because you need courage to do this. And so, Holy Spirit, use me to be your mouthpiece. You will bring supernatural breakthrough to lives that you never even realized you could bring. One prophetic word will bring breakthrough that 10 years of talk will sometimes not bring. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation, uh, consolation or comforting. The one who speaks in a new tongue builds himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you to all speak in tongues, 
but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. If you can't speak in tongues here, we believe in speaking in tongues. You can get prayer and we'll pray that it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. But I love how the writer here says, it's great that you speak in tongues, but I actually would rather you all prophesy. And he's speaking to the church. He's not just speaking to the select few of prophets in the room. He's saying, hey, Christian, this is what the Holy Spirit has for you. Let Make sure you lean in, make sure you're open, so that it builds up the church. Now, what's the church? The church are living stones. You are the church. Yes, we have a building. Yes, this is a place we believe God has called us to be in this season. But ultimately, we're living temples. So as you prophesy, you strengthen. Does that sound good? I love this in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Turn there with me as well. Romans 12, 6. And by the way, at the end of this message, we're going to give a chance for you to speak an encouraging word to each other. We're going to actually activate the prophetic in this room for those who want to be a part of that. Romans 12, verse 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. How cool is this? This is the one thing Charlie and I have been thinking about this week. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. Now, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. At some point as a church, we should do a series on gifts because I want you to be activated in your giftings. Each of you have been given gifts. Some of the gifts have been given to you are very practical. Some are very spiritual. But ultimately, let's be activated people. But if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. What What an interesting way to say that. Charlie and I, um, we had a date day on Friday. Friday is my day at home with the family, um, my phone goes off, and I spend time with my family, and Kathy sometimes comes down and babysits for us on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, you're excited about that, aren't you? And so Charlie and I on date day is kind of a bit unusual for a date couple, a dating couple, or a married couple, sorry, who still date. We go and we have breakfast, we went and had breakfast, it was delicious, out somewhere. And then we went for a faith drive. Now, that's a spiritual term, but what we do is we go and look at houses and properties that we believe one day God has for us. We have a dream in our heart to one day build a retreat for pastors on property, and it's going to take a lot of resource. We want to have a place where pastors and their families can get away from the noise receive healing, refreshing, breakthrough. It's something we carry very close to our hearts and it's a, it's, a faith, it's a faith statement. Then we go looking at houses and we found this one house that was up this big hill and really private and yes, we probably looked a bit creepy but we were like going up and we're in a house that was recently for sale and we sat at the front of this house and we just dreamt with God. 
And we, and we chatted, we said, is this a lust thing or is it a faith thing? Is it we just really want that for us? Or is there an element that God is stirring us? And we're very honest. Like, so we're just like, no, no, we believe our spirit right now is being rejuvenated. And then we thought to ourselves, to most couples, we look like we're cuckoo. For most couples, I'll go out to a movie, go get some brekkie, go home, talk about the footy, I don't know. We're there looking at these houses going, God, if this is what you have for us, we believe it. We believe that you can send people and nations and you can make a place available that people can find healing and refuge. But guess what, God? It's going to take a lot of money and a lot of resource, more than what I'm currently on as a salary and more than what my wife's on. And I don't expect the church to pay the bill. God, we need you to come and do a miracle. We prophesy in accordance to our faith. We get in the car and we travel and we look and we say, we believe for greater things, God, and our spirit rejuvenates because we can see in the future. We don't know how we're going to get there, God, but we see the promises of God. It looks impossible, but we know it's what you placed in our spirit. (laughs) But on the flip side, other couples don't need to do that. Because it might not be the portion of faith they have. Because yeah. you can say to another couple, hey, you guys should go do that. Why? <laughs> if they have faith in their heart, go do it. Yeah. Maybe their faith in their heart is to, I don't know. Who knows? I won't even guess. But for us, that's the portion yeah. that we come back to. Yeah. Prophesy in accordance to your faith. So if you don't have faith, what's faith? Remember, church, faith, Hebrews 1, 11, verse 1. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't yet see. Therefore, a faith person is a bit cuckoo because they see things no one else can see. A prophetic person sees things that no one else can see. And a non-prophetic person says, you're a bit cuckoo. I'll change the wording. They say, just be realistic. (laughs) Because they don't have the gift of faith to prophesy into what they cannot yet see. Let me ask you over your life, what are you prophesying that you can't yet see? Over our church, what are we prophesying that we can't yet see? Over your family, over your kids, at some point we're going to speak more about the power of our words that we speak. Over there, we are so guarded over what we say. There's been a few things I've said, even in jest, and Charlotte's like, that's not what we say. We're not declaring it over our son. And I go, okay, (laughs) no worries, I agree. You know, one of the greatest people you can prophesy over is yourself. (laughs) We live in this this, this pandemic of self-esteem, low self-esteem where people everywhere are struggling with the fact they feel so, like, they feel so failed in their hearts. You know what we need to do? This is what I encourage you to do. Stand in the mirror and start to speak life over yourself. Speak to those dry bones. 
speak to the things, the disappointments, speak to who God's called you to be. But that's a bit weird, Benaiah. Yes, it is, but it's amazing. Start to speak strength, encouragement, comfort. Start to speak life. Start to speak the impossibilities of God. Start to dream again. Start to believe that God can raise you up and your day is not done, but your best is at hand. Be someone who knows how to prophesy. And if you want a biblical example, what does King David say to his soul or the writers of Psalms say to, his soul, to their souls? Why are you downcast, O oh my soul, yet you will put your faith in God? You will put your hope in God? Why are you downcast? Come on, remember who God is. Remember what God has. Power in it. Because you've got to remember this, church. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if you can't love yourself well, you can never love your neighbor well. And I learned this when I got married. When I got married, I was a very broken person. I didn't love myself much at all. And I, it, it caused a bit of issue in our marriage because it was only a level I could give to my wife. And then I would hit a, a blockage because deep down I didn't love myself. So I've had to learn to love myself in my imperfections, in my failings, in the things that I, I, I don't do well, that I'm still valued and favoured, and through that I can love my family. Therefore, prophesy over yourself. Every day, speak over yourself. The truth of God. What is prophecy? It is speaking the reality of God into our reality. It's speaking the identity of God into you. It's speaking the destiny of God into your future. Prophesy over yourself. <laughs> is this okay? I think it's great. This is amazing. Honestly, next time you speak to someone who's really down, just say them this. Let's, let's take a moment. And I want you to start to speak life over yourself. I've done this in Connect Group before, in previous years. Everyone write down three things that you love about yourself. And most times people can't do it. They think it's humility, but it's stupidity. It's not reality. You're a son, you're a daughter, you're chosen, you're faithful, you're forgiven, you're blessed. You are the head, not the tail. Oh, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. <laughs> you have so much to live for. Because God's hand is upon your life. So a true prophetic person sees people the way God sees them. You know you're flowing in the prophetic if your word lines up with strengthening, encouragement, confidence brings life. According to 1 Corinthians 14.3, based on the scripture of God, based on the wisdom of God. And please understand something, church, with me and dream with me for a second. We've got a, I was thinking about a church in the way and I was like, I won't get down that rabbit hole, but I was like, we're called to greater than this. But we have to activate in our heart the courage to speak over others the potential and destiny of God. And I encourage every Sunday you come to church, if this is your church home, come with a word to give. This is how we frame it. Come with a glass of fresh water to give. Now, sometimes you need to come to church and you just need to receive the fresh water and that's okay. 
that sometimes we need to come or regularly need to come together and go, what is it I can come to refresh others with? And I'm telling you, church, a church that exists to give fresh water to others is a church that will touch a city. Let's just break this religious thoughts right now. This church is not a church for you to come and plonk your butt every week and just, just write notes and think it's all... This is a well. It is a well, church. It is a well of life. But the prophetic church needs to rise up and bring strength and bring comfort and bring courage and bring life. But it's not my personality, Benaiah. It's not my personality either. Sorry. You can't get away with that one. Mr. Introvert, who's your pastor, has to get out of the boat every Sunday. So get out out of the boat with me. What if I fail? We have a grace culture where if you make a mistake, you get back up. But we will not be a clicky church. What does clicky mean? It means you sit with your same friends doing the same thing, having the same conversations. We are a church who embraces. We are a church who includes. We are a church who brings life and brings life abundantly. That should get a bigger amen. Or or we can just keep hanging out like we do. And it's fine and we're blessed. But we've got a city that needs fresh cups of water. So I think, and in my spirit I feel this, let courage rise. Let courage rise. It takes courage to speak prophetically. It takes courage to bring encouragement. You are instilling encouragement. Okay, so as we conclude, how do we outwork the prophetic? Who wants to know how to outwork the prophetic? All right, number one is this. We have to be, it's only five, but be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so take time to learn it. God often speaks in, in an impression using a scripture or in a picture. Many other ways as well, but there are three main ways. God puts on your heart for Josh a scripture. I was just praying this week and God just gave me a scripture for you, Josh. That's your job now. That's your, yeah. Obedience is your success. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Josh, what Josh does with that, he can take it or leave it. It's up to him. Yeah. But ultimately, in your heart, you've just got to be obedient. Yeah. Remember, a prophetic message and a prophetic word brings breakthrough. Yeah. So Charlie and I were at a youth camp a few years ago. And this, this youth ministry had gone through a really tough year. Really tough. And Charlie was the main speaker, and I was there to support. I love being Joyce Meyer's husband. It was great. <laughs> a lot, lot less work. Sitting there, just supporting. And, and this, the, the team at this youth kit was so damaged. I mean, really hurting. Like, one of those really sad church seasons where... You know, a lot of things are going on. There's a lot of hurting team left. And Charlie and I both had this word in our spirit like, we need to pray for the youth pastor. So he got, me to, got us to pray, Charlie and I, for all the team. And then I was like, okay, now it's your turn. <laughs> and we got him down the front. This is after all the, all the youth were released from the camp. 
back to their rooms, and the youth pastor was there. And we started praying over him. We started declaring what we could see in our spirit prophetically. We could see what he carried, the river inside of him. We could see it. Started speaking that he's called to be a man of revival, a man of the supernatural, a man who brings an element of the Holy Spirit that his forefathers had bought but he had forgotten about. And as we started to speak this, this youth pastor just starts just tears to start flowing. The power of God hits him. He starts shaking under the power of God. In a youth ministry where this was very rare, so he had youth coming over going, is he okay? Is he having a fit? Like, it's, like literally, is he like, no, just leave him. He's okay. The power of God was just, and we started calling out the rivers. There had been blockages in him. He had, he had given things away. He had stopped believing God. We started speaking the destiny of God, the greatness of God. And he just started getting this massive breakthrough. He's shaking, he's crying, he starts crying out to God. He's literally, his whole um, way, he, his, his, I'm going to say his persona, but his um, countenance, I do want to say with you, his countenance changes because he is reminded of who he is in the kingdom. And it took two people from the South Coast to go up and spend some time in this God moment and us to go, we're going to be obedient, Holy Spirit. We're going to call out in him forgotten dreams, forgotten things, the fact the enemy has come. Because remember, what you're called to do, different subject, but listen to this, the very well you carry is the very well the enemy will put rocks down. The very thing you feel called to bring is the very thing the enemy will attack. I'm called to be an encourager. So what happens? You get discouraged. You get discouraged. You get discouraged. You get discouraged. And then you stop encouraging because the very well you bring has rocks in it. What does Proverbs say? Above all things, guard your heart for it is the well spring of life. Guard your well. So we're being sensitive and we're calling out who God has called this young person to be and breakthrough occurs. But it started with being sensitive with the Holy Spirit. Number two, test the word in your heart. Ask yourself, I do this all the time, is it based in love? Are my emotions involved? In a church our size, it's easy to know too much about somebody. And we say, I really sense this for you. And we, we know too much. And we get confused in our spirit and our mind because our emotions sometimes get entwined with something we might be sensing, but also we're reading the soul. Therefore, take a moment and say, are my emotions involved? Ask yourself, will it encourage? Will it comfort? Will it bring life? And will it share the heart of God? And if the answer is yes, there's a chance it's from God. This just last night, Charlie and I were sitting on our deck, just enjoying the sunset, and she said, I feel like I have a prophetic word for somebody, not someone in our church, someone out of our church. And, she, and Charlie said, but I'm going to just sit on it, because I just want to see if my emotions are involved. That takes a very mature person to say that. Yeah. And she might sit on that for three months, six months, 12 months. I'm just going to wait. God, just, just keep speaking if you were, Because this person's going through a very emotional place. Charlie's emotions are affected. So she's saying, Holy Spirit, I feel like you want me to say something prophetically, 
but I'm going to let my own emotions just settle so that I can be accurate. You see, an immature prophetic person does this. I need to share it straight away. I got it, I got it, quick, quick. It's like you can get an engagement ring. Anyone who wants to propose, it's in your pocket. It's burning a hole in your pocket. As soon as it's in your pocket, you want to give it away. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Oh, thanks, God, yeah. Yeah, oh, sweet, sweet. You don't want to hold that engagement ring for too long. You want to give it away. It's like that when God gives you a word. Now, sometimes there's urgency. But sometimes the word of God's bigger. It's going to be okay. I have a prophetic word right now for a couple outside of our church. It's a breakthrough word. I've told them I've got the word, but I'm waiting for them to lean in. And when they lean in and ask for it, I'll share it. But I'm not going to chase them and try and give them a word if they're not ready to receive it. Yeah? Okay, number three. That's my son. Number three. If it's a directional word, so it's a word that's going to like... God is saying that you need to move to Africa and be a missionary. Yeah. Have accountability. Speak to one of the pastors. Speak to a prophetic person who you know is, is proven. Submit it to them. Have them come with you and give it. Too many lives have been destroyed through wrong prophetic words. Because an immature Christian, a young Christian, will go, oh, okay, I have to do it because someone spoke it. And it actually leaves devastation. So be big enough in your spirit. Be confident enough in what God's doing to have accountability. Yeah. But Benai, what happens if that pastor says, no, no, don't share that at the moment? Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that pastor will get in the way of that prophetic word if it's a God word? Yeah. God's word will always come through ultimately. Yeah. But you have to be big enough in your spirit to be undercover. Well, the church has gone really quiet for a moment. I think it's something in our Aussie culture we have to do better. Pastors are placed there in your life and leaders to look after you. But they're graced to do it. They're there to help. They're there to cover. uh, Sorry, Hebrews 13, 17. Submit to your leaders. Make their job a joy, not a burden. For they will give an account for you. We're not going to get into that right now. But understand there is power in Submission. So much power. And it's something in our culture we don't do so well. The fourth one is this. Be obedient. (laughs) Be obedient. It's scary sometimes. Especially if you're not confident in giving prophetic encouragements. It's also scary sometimes if you're a bit of an introvert. But be obedient. Maybe it's better for you to write it in a card. That's an easier way for some people. Maybe it's better for you to have someone with you and give an encouragement. Not everyone is an extrovert. Extroverts go, yippee-yay, I'm in. Bang. (laughs) For some people, it takes time. And number five, step out in faith. Prophesy according to your faith. Step out of the boat. Go for it. Believe that God can do something incredible through you. Remember, the prophetic brings breakthrough. The prophetic brings breakthrough for you, for the person next to you, for the person next to your house, your neighbour. The prophetic, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, will bring heaven to earth. 
and a church who is prophetic is a church that's encouraging and a church that's encouraging is a church that will bring courage to a city. In Celebration Church, our name is what it is for a reason. We celebrate with people what God is doing. We celebrate their potential. We celebrate what God's called them to do and to be, who they are. We go, we celebrate with you. Whether you're messy, whether you're cleaned up, we celebrate with you. Whether my son has a poopy nappy or whether he is smelling pristine after a bath, I still celebrate him no matter what because of who he is. The power of being a prophetic people. I love that. Is this okay? Does that sound good? So, this is, I'm going to give you some practical tips, and then we're going to, if you feel like you want to be a part of this moment. No, I think everyone can be, but it's up to you. I always start with this when I speak over someone, something I sense in my spirit. I say, I have a prophetic encouragement for you. Prophetic encouragement. It frames up. Even if, even if, in the rarest of occasions, there is a warning, there is a rebuke, there is something in there, I still frame it as a prophetic encouragement. Why? Because according to the scripture, the prophetic is there to bring strengthening. Well, why don't you tell me, what are the four things? Yell them out. Strengthening, encouragement, comfort, and bringing life. <laughs> it's amazing. Can we get the keys? Let's just ask the Holy Spirit just as we finish, just to come and just. I'm going to ask that He will give you maybe a prophetic encouragement. Now, don't force it, it's a gift, yeah? So if you sit there and go, Ah, I got nothing. That's okay. That's okay. It's a gift in the moment. It's a grace for the moment. You can still encourage, though. You can still speak life. But Holy Spirit, right now, we just take a moment. And we activate the prophetic upon this church. We activate the hearts of your people. And Holy Spirit, right now, we thank you for the gift of the prophetic. I thank you that Paul says, Lord, that he would desire that all would prophesy. And right now in this moment, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would give us a prophetic impression, a verse, a picture. And church, as you're sitting there, as you're at home watching, just allow the Lord to bring someone to your heart. Someone to your heart. Maybe not me because I'm at the front, but somebody else. And just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, is there something you want me to encourage them? Is there something you want me to say? Is there some comfort, some strength, some life? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just wait on you right now. Sometimes when I'm waiting on the Lord, I like to speak in other tongues and I just allow pictures just to bubble up. If you want to do that, you can do that. 
Lord, may we be sensitive to your voice, Holy Spirit. May we be sensitive to your voice. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray for our church this week. Bless them. Cause us to rise up in courage and speak the realities of God. Speak the destiny of God over others, over situations. Speak to the dry bones. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.